This morning, I just want to welcome you back. This morning, we're, we're going to wrap up. I'm not going to be long this morning, but we're going to wrap up the book of James. This morning, it's the last one, and we're going to start a new series next week. This has been more of a pastoral series, and it's really... You know, we talk about the tongue, we talk about self-control, we talk about a lot of different things in the book of James. Many people say it's the it's the New Testament it's the New Testament book of Proverbs. It has a lot of wisdom in this book. But this morning, I, I want you to remember Jesus is also Jesus the half-brother of James, and James the half-brother of Jesus. And what happened this book we've been looking to, there's a lot of truth, and he puts it the truth right in our face. And so this morning, we're going to wrap it up with the last chapter of James. And I'm going to talk about something that many of us have walked through and believed for, even as we stood and we raised hands this morning to believe for a miracle, to pray for God to touch people's lives. This morning, we're going to talk about divine healing, all right? And so this morning, I want to get right into the Word of God. And it just says this in James chapter 5, verse 13 through 15. It says, are, are any of you suffering hardships? Anybody know about that one? It said, you should pray. Are, you, are, uh, are any of you happy? You should sing songs of praise. That's really saying that's, that's a form of prayer. And he says, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church and come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. In other words, that's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, that you don't get your eyes on the person praying for you, but you anoint someone with oil and you get your eyes on God and what God wants to do instead of the person and the way they pray. It says such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. And God will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Wouldn't it be great if you could have healing as easy as it is to ask God to forgive you of your sins? And see, notice how many times he uses the word prayer. And see, the thing I love about James is that he kind of gives you meat on the bone. You know what I'm talking about? Just like meat on the bone. It's like, and, and so there, there's some extreme views of healing. How many of you have had different views of you heard about healing? Come on, anybody? I mean, you've been to some churches and you go, Lord, I don't want any of that. Or like, wow, I thought it was that. And, or do you think it's, it's all about you and what you got to do and because it doesn't come through because what you said or what you did, you know, all of a sudden you get self-condemnation because it just didn't happen. You were believing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So some people know that. They kind of share that one as like name it, claim it kind of view. Or, or it's, a, it's, a, it's a confessional approach where you, you confess it with your mouth. And the Bible says confess it with your mouth, but believe in your heart. But also, it's, it's some people blab it, grab it, and I have it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And if I said it and I didn't get it, then something must be wrong with me. There must be, I, there's something wrong with me because I'm not getting it and I'm not, it's not happening in me. You know, and, and it's like, and, and sometimes, you know, it's wrong because there must be sin in my life. There must be, there's a, but can it, when you have that view, look at me. It produces a lot of self-condemnation. You know, I've been around a lot of people. I was talking to a past, two pastors yesterday, and we were talking about healing and not even looking for the subject. And one of the, I was telling them how I have a friend of mine in their church that prayed over a little boy that had Down syndrome and God healed him. Come on, someone ought to shout. Miss, uh, Miss Sharon was telling me, correct me, Miss Sharon, if I'm wrong. She was telling me about 
uh, Miss Mary's prayer group. Is that right, Miss Mary? And they prayed over a lady that's 80 years old, and she was blind, and God healed her. Okay, now we go. How did it happen? Look at me. Let me write it down in your notes. I don't know. But it's God. And the second approach that many people have, when you look at it, God used to do miracles. Have you heard that one? Well, he used to do miracles, but he hasn't. He's kind of closed shop. He just didn't do that anymore. Why does a prayer always work that way? Here's the answer. Can I give you an answer? I don't know. I don't know. You know? Uh, you know, what do you know that, that he has always, you know what, I know this. He's already done, how many of you know that God's already done some miracles in people? So that's not the view that we need to have. How many of you have seen miracles in your life or heard about people that had miracles or even yourself personally have received a miracle? Okay? But see, what happens is, you know, I'm glad I serve God who is much bigger and greater than I am. And not only that, and I'm confronted with the fact that I don't understand everything he does. Pastor, you're supposed to be the scholar. You're supposed to teach us. What the, can I just make a confession to you? There's some things I still just don't understand about God. Well, I'm going to the next church that he knows everything about God. Good. I'll pack, I'll, come, I'll pack my bags and go with you. See, I'll just say this. You know what? And I am confronted with the fact that I don't understand everything he does. You see, all I can do is put my faith and my trust in God. Personally, I'll say, you know, I don't know everything. That's my answer. I don't know everything. But I've made some observations when I look at this text in James. And here's some observations I want to give you this morning just by reading James. And let me just go with it. The first, there's three observations I want, I want, I want you to know from the book of James. Number one, if you have notes, you can write there. God still heals. He still That's a fact, Jack. God still heals. Say with me, God still heals. Can I just, all right, let me just put my glasses down and I want to look at you on tape. God still heals. How do you know, Pastor Bubba? Because I am a living miracle. Amen. For some of you that haven't been to this church and you're a visitor, I've been fighting cancer for three and a half years. Okay? And you look, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, you've prayed, you've prayed. And can I just say, I'm standing up. I'm cancer-free right now. That's God. That's God. And Pastor Bubba, I mean, there are moments, you know, where they're talking. Can I just tell you something? I just, I just locked in every time discouragement, every time doubt would come, you know, and it came. Can I just be honest with you? I cried. I cried out to God. I prayed, and I just kept believing. And I, I kept people that were negative and didn't believe in prayer. I didn't want to see them anyway. But see, I believe this. I am a witness of this, that he still heals. And see, Hebrews, listen, Hebrews, I love this. Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means God still is able to do what he did yesterday, today, and your your tomorrow. If you need a word from God, let me just write this. You need to write this down. Here's a word from God for you. Some of you need a promise. This morning I got a word for you, okay? 2 Timothy 4, 8, 18. He says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack. We need to stop and say amen to that. How many of you have been attacked by evil before? 
He said, I love what it said. Here's a promise. You're looking for a promise? There's thousands of promises in the word of God. But here's a promise. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Now, I like that. Which one would you want? Would you want to be rescued or would you rather be taken to heaven? It says to be with him for, to be, to, to him be glory and forever. Amen. So here's the question. Which one are you going to do? Rescue me or bring me to heaven? The answer is yes, because both are a miracle. Both are a miracle. If you don't get your miracle here, when you see him, you get your miracle. It's a win-win. See, if you see when you serve God, it's just that win-win situation. I refuse to serve God with my intellect, my mind. Why, Pastor Bubba? Because if I can't understand it, I don't want to believe it. See, and here, that's where a lot of people, well, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my brain around it. Quit, quit trying to wrap your brain around it and wrap your heart into what God has done for you. That Jesus died, it's a fact. If you're looking for historical, you can go all over. There's historical facts. There are things that there are times you can look at other books and other writers and they talk about Jesus' time and the great miracles and what God did. Did. And see, I'm, I'm just here today to say this to you. You say, I refuse to say, you know, instead of going to trust God, you got to, instead, I'm going to trust God in this word right here. I'm going to trust God. How many of you have ever had experience with electricity? I did when I was about eight years, seven, now seven. I was a little bit on 1411 Forest Lane. used to be Alice Lane. And I remember in Sulphur, Louisiana, I was listening to my Davy Crockett record by Walt Disney. I mean, it had a, you know, Mr. Bluebird on my shoulder. It's a trip. It's I mean, I used to let me and I'd put my Disney thing on it. And then my mom said, don't you dare... She says, you know, it was old, like, turntable, you know, the, the kind of box, you know, the, the miniature ones for kids, for you kids. It was a pre-CD, okay? <laughs> and uh, I can remember, but I remember going in there, and my mom goes, don't! She says, whatever you do, when you plug it in, don't let your finger touch that thing. I'm like, what does she know? <laughs> what does she know, man? So I just go in there, and I plug that thing, God, don't! You're going to shock yourself. Listen, I had a revelation of what shock yourself means. <laughs> you see, I believe this is the question is, I can't just instead, instead, I just want to trust God in his word. Because listen, I trusted myself and I trusted other people that had stupid written on their forehead too long. And I said, you know what? I need to start trusting God and what he says about me and what he wants to do in my life. And so here it is. The second thing I want you to see is God is always concerned about my soul. He's concerned about your soul. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? James chapter uh, 5, verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for, uh, for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Here's more, he's more concerned about my soul than my physical body. Are you hearing me? I mean, there are people that spend lots of money 
and lots of time, lots of energy so they can look good. How many of you stayed up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock at night and you couldn't sleep? And you watch all those info commercials. You know, I got on the belly buster, you know, and, you know, and this is my, my picture a week later. I mean, you're going, God, you go, that's a miracle. <laughs> if you wear this thing, it'll constrict your muscles. And then you will look like this. And you're going, golly. And people buy that stuff. They have more faith in that than they have the Word of God. I, w- I was watching something this morning, just drinking my coffee, and it was like, I don't know who left the channel on. It's one of those immigrants. And he says, yeah, and it was like 4.30 this morning. And I just went to drink my coffee, and he goes, yeah, you know, I had backache. I had sore muscles and joints and all this. And I'm thinking, man, they're talking about getting healed. And all he says, and then one day someone came to me, and they said, you need to take this pill. And I'm like... All right. Can I just tell you something? Some of you, look at me. I'm not selling snake oil this morning. Somebody, some of you just need to go up and go, you know what you need? You just need a divine touch of the God kind. You need to trust God that it doesn't matter what you look like, where you came from, what people say, what you believe, where you've come from, that God loves you and he wants to touch your life and he wants to put a miracle in your life. Some of you are walking and sitting miracles this morning. You know why you're a miracle? Because some people wouldn't believe you're in church. That's a miracle. They say, what? See, he's more concerned about your soul. Matthew 10, 28. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. A real miracle is when a man's sin is forgiven. Real healing is the healing of the soul. I mean, you know, hey, we're going to shoot you. Well, you're going to threaten me with heaven? Go for it. You see, let me show you it to you in Scripture. Luke, it says like this, Luke, Luke 10, uh, verse 19 through 20. Y'all, y'all with me? Look, I, will, I have given you authority over all the power over the enemy. You can walk among snakes and serpents and crush them. That's, some, that's symbols of demonic powers. He's saying you will overcome demonic influence, spirits of darkness. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we, we wrestle against powers in high places and darkness. God's given us power and strength and light to expose the lies and the formation of what the devil wants to do in your life. And he says this, and he says, I love this, nothing will injure you. But, oh, here's the good, here, hey, here's the but. It's whether or not, listen, if you're new, there's good buts in the Bible and there's bad buts in the Bible. The question is, where's your butt? But, don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. That means when God is coming and he's picking his his. His children, you're on the list. This morning, we had a little certificate that we gave for Avery. It has her name on it. 
We're, Andrew and Julie are preparing her that her name will be written on the Lamb's book of life. That's her greatest responsibility. But there comes a point when they have to release her. Hello? And all you parents have been around a long time and got grandchildren. You know what I mean? And you release them and you go, I hope it sticks. Everything we put in them, everything we prayed for, everything we believe for, we hope it sticks. Anybody with me? But don't rejoice because of the evil spirit. Jesus is saying the real excitement is that your name is written in the book of life. James keeps stirring us toward prayer and faith and prayer and faith. The next thing I see in this text, besides prayer and faith, looking, and the third thing is God wants me to grow in faith. Look at me. Circle the word grow. God wants you to grow. You ever look at your children? It's time to grow up. God's looking at us sometimes. It's time to grow up. Lord, I want to suck my pacifier. You look ridiculous at 10 years old sucking your pacifier at school. It's time to grow up. It's time to step up to be the man. Take responsibility. It's called go get a J-O-B, a job. Support your wife and your children. Bring a paycheck home. And you know what? And you'll feel good about yourself. See, we are going to talk about this. It's, it's a major theme in this text. He wants to take us on a faith journey. Amen? Yes. Say, going on a journey. The faith to believe the miracle on earth and the faith to believe that there actually is a heaven. Faith for everything. It's not just faith for that moment and faith for heaven. It's faith for everything in between. It's called life. Are y'all with me? See, in this text, he goes right into a story. It's kind of crazy. Right? How he talks about all this. Then in James chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, this text goes to a story. And Elijah was a human as we are. And some of us, when we read him, go, Elijah, a human? Man, he worked, had miracles. And the Bible says he was human just like us. And yet we prayed, yet he prayed earnestly that rain would not fall. None fell for three and a half years. How many of you, that's a good prayer. All right, not, I mean, for Denny it is. He's trying to pour concrete. For the rest of us, you you need your garden, I understand. Then, he said, then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and earth began to yield crops. Really? It it looks like, his life kind of looks like our life. You go, yeah, but pastor, he was like a prophet and he saw miracles. But see, when he's taking this reference in this story, he's talking about a story when he stood before a guy named King Ahab. And as he stood before King Ahab, what happened is he walks in and there's another guy that's a false prophet, Obadiah, and he looks at him and says, oh, have you come to bother us? I mean, if you read the Old Testament, it's really cool. And he said, no, where's your king? Where's the prophets? He said, today we're going to find out whose God is really God. He said, there's only one of me, and there's 450 prophets of Baal. Let's go. So they went to Mount Carmel. And then what they did is they went on Mount Carmel, and there was a challenge. And so whoever has the real God, he will answer by fire from heaven. So he goes out, and they get out there, and he goes, hey, guys, there's more of you than me. Y'all go first. So they get up there and they do their little chants and they're doing their stuff. And I love, I mean, there's, it's, I mean, when you read it, it's, it's hilarious. 
And, he prepared, and they prepared the altar and all this stuff. And Elijah began mocking them. He goes, I like that. You got to, hey, you got to shout a little louder. He scoffed, for surely he is a God. And I love this. Perhaps he's daydreaming or relieving himself. <laughs> God got a sense of humor and so does people. Or maybe he's away on a trip or asleep and needs to be awakened. Shout a little louder. So they're getting really, they start shouting. They start cutting themselves, which was their custom, the Bible says. They begin to do blood and all this stuff. And he finally gets to be evening. And he goes, it's time, it's the time for sacrifice. He goes, and I love what he says. They dug a ditch. They put the bulls, they, they cut the bull up, and they, they said they put three gallons of water around this ditch. And he said, oh, by the way, guys, go get some pitchers and pour it out, pour it on all the offering. So they pour it on the offering. He goes, oh, by, by the way, that's not good enough. Go get a second bucket. Oh, that's great. You know what? Three feels like a charm. Y'all go get fill another bucket. And they pour it on there. And I love what it says. And the Bible says, he just looked up and he said, God, Basically, did I love you? Just show them who you are. And I love what it says. And then fire, I love it, licked up the offering. Just and you know, the wild thing is, all the prophets of Baal, everybody, you know, I mean, that happened? Let me ask you, do you think, if you were them, you're going, uh oh. <laughs> or shoot. And the Bible says all the people of Israel took them out to the side of the mountain and threw them off. Let me go check. Can I just say, this is my question. Why do drugs when you could do scripture? Go check it out. It's cool. The Bible's cool, man. You're looking for adventure? Get away from Harlequin. Get away from whatever books they got. Fifty Shades of Immorality. <laughs> he starts out by saying that Elijah was a human like us. It's funny that he says that because it's true. We have to learn the faith journey. Amen? See, the first thing I saw through some of this is that faith begins with a word from God. With a word from God. When? When you get something and you believe what God is, is going to do. You base it off of God's word, a promise. Your Bible holds thousands of promises. A promise is from God. From you, for you. My mama has a Bible and in her, in her Bible, she has a promise and has my name and my brother's name written on that promise. God gave her a word that we would serve him wholeheartedly. And I promise you, there's probably been a few times she went back to that word and go, God, you gave me that word. Let me tell you about the promises of God. Isaiah 55, 11 says, In the same, it says, It is the same with my word. I sent it out, and it will always, you need to write it down, under, it will always produce fruit. 
It will accomplish all I want it to. It will prosper everywhere I send it. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, you know what? One day when you stand before God, you're going to believe what he said in his word. The second thing I want you to see is faith continues when you hold on to what he said. You got to hold on in there. Man, my teacher used to have it in an English class at Cathedral Carmel, and it had a cat, and it said, hang in there, baby. You remember that poster? They just hang in there, baby. And I was like, hanging in, man. I was like, oh, I'm hanging in. I need a smart girl to sit by me so I can pass this class. <laughs> I'm hanging in there. I ain't laughing. That's the truth. This, this, this in turn means you, you, can let, you can let it go. I'm here to tell you today, whatever you're believing God for, look at me, a healing, a relationship, a legal matter, financial things, you need to hold on. Look at your name and say, hold on. Come on, look at someone. Don't look down on your feet. Don't check your toenails. Look at your, they got, I mean, look at them. Some of you got corns. You don't need to look at their feet. Look at them. You look at them and say, hold on. Hold on. But pastor, that's all I'm doing. Good. I love the, the, pres, the persistence of Elisha. How, how, did he, how did he keep trusting God? Look, look with me if you want to. It's in, in 1 Kings uh, 18, and it goes from 42, start verse 42. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face. I like this. Between his knees. He got on Mount Carmel. And he began, I can't do it, but he got as low as he could. Hey, I got a girdle on. I don't know what your problem is. He got on his face. Got on his face. Sometimes we got to get on our face. He gets a servant. He goes, hey, man. And he was believing for rain. And the Bible, and we're going to go in. And he has his face between his leg, And he's praying. Seven times. The Bible says he prayed seven times to a servant to look out, see where the rain cloud is. He's praying. He goes, hey, man. Oh, God, bring rain. Hey, you see any cl- Go look out at the end. Is there any rain coming? Nothing. Clear day, sunny. God. Oh, God. Rain. Hey, go check. Is there any rain coming? No. God, I'm not giving up. I'm staying right here. I'm not going to move. I'm believing for my child. I'm believing for my husband. I'm believing for the God, the finances to break. God, go check it. Is the cloud, is there anything out? No. Oh, my God, where are you? Thank you, Lord, for the sound effects. Because the Bible says he heard the sound of rain before he saw the rain. Man, I love Jesus. He does it in stereo. I couldn't have timed that better. Finally, after the seventh time, hey, go see. Hey, there's a cloud. But it's about the size of a man's hand. How small is that cloud? That's small. Really? 
Whew. It doesn't say how long it took for the cloud and the darkness to farm. It didn't say if it was months. It doesn't say if it was days. It doesn't say if it was years. But the cloud began to farm. And the Bible says, he says, he says I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm gonna say, this is why God wants to do that. He does, God does that like to us too. Just like Elisha. How many of you prayed for something more than once before it happened? How many of you prayed and when you feel like giving up? How many of you fed you just like you throw in the towel? The Bible says, be, you know, it says, be persistent. And I want to show you, it's Elijah's being persistent. I'm getting excited, persistent. Why can't he answer, the, answer a prayer when we prayed? I'm going to show you in Scripture, and I believe you appreciate how he works. I don't know, maybe what, what you're facing, or you, need, you need to hold on, don't give up. I would encourage you to seek God. Here's a verse for you. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing, in doing good. At the proper time. Say it with me, at the proper time. time. God knows the proper time. You and I don't. He says, you will reap a harvest if you do not what? Give up. This is a process. There's always a process. Pastor, about the third thing, faith goes from small beginnings to the grand finale. But we want the grand finale before everything starts. You know what I mean? First Kings says this, and soon the, the, the sky was black with clouds and heavy rain brought terrific rain, uh, a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. And the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. I love this. He tucked his cloak like that, you know, in his belt and ran, ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So what happened? In other words, God did what was not possible and he made it possible. You know how you, you've seen people in the Middle East, what they got the little gown thing, the little robe. He got that robe and stuck it right in his belt, the Bible says. That's what the Bible says, not me. And all of a sudden, he starts, he goes, hey, Ahab, you better get out of here because the rain's coming and the rain's going to stop you from getting back to Jezreel. So he takes off. But the Bible, Ahab's in a chariot with horses. Come on, baby, ride. Come on. Come on, Mr. Ed, go. And the Bible says, as he's going, Elijah ran by. Hey, see you later. <laughs> he ran by the chariot with a horse. What are you saying, Pastor Bubba? Listen, if you trust God, God will make your miracle possible. If you trust God, God, what seems impossible, God makes possible. You know what? Your finances may be wrecked. Your marriage, you're going, I'm giving up on this thing. No, you know what? If you trust God and you keep praying and you don't give up, God's going to work a miracle. Some of you are in here right now because, you know what? Someone prayed, someone believed, and you're here because someone believed, and they didn't give up, and they ran past the circumstances, everything that was the doubt, everything that brought dis- discouragement. See, I love what Zachariah says. Y'all with me? Don't despise these small beginnings. See, when you're on your face, the Bible says, 
For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Jezebel's hand. We're like the, we, all of us like the grand finale, the finish, amen? We like to win. I think God loves the small beginnings, the process. For those of you who are still asking why, because it's in the beginning and the process, we're closest to him. This is where he becomes real and powerful and loving. It's just an example of being a parent. All of us have been parents. There goes grandma. She knows how to do it. It's more, it's more, you know, as a parent, it's more than them just being born and the day they leave the house. And you go, man, they finally left more food in the fridge for me. It's between the beginning and when they leave. It's the process. You're you're closest to them when you're rolling around on the floor with them. You're throwing them on the couch. Do it again, Dad. Come on, jump off the, you know, boy. if you're a boy, jump. Come on, Dad, back up. All right, jump. Oh, sorry, made me look close. It's all those times when they're up in the tree and your wife goes, Baba, tell him to come down. If he falls, he's going to die. He's all right, babe. Got to readjust his brain damage. It's in those times. Here's the funny thing. You know, it's like one day, and I'm saying this, I look at Andrew and Julia One day, you're all going to say, man, it went by so fast. Wow, they grew up. Wow, where did the time go? Andrew's sitting on the front row. I remember when I'd go to work. I'd get up at 4 in the morning and pray. And I'd go to work. And sometimes early in the morning, I'd I'd hear the little feet. And I'd see him look under the door. You remember that? And he'd open the door, and I'd be praying on my knees, and he'd come, and he'd put his arm around my back and rub my back. And I'd just pray for him. I remember the nights of me and Zach just sitting out in the stars, looking at things and talking. I remember times I wanted to kill Matt. God restricted me. But I wrote a little text to him this morning. I was praying for you, thinking about you. So proud of you. I love you. And he writes back, Dad, I love you. You're my hero. Time just goes by fast. Now I get to watch them (laughs) with their babies. Chasing, and I go, boy. I remember one day, one of them came. I don't remember. She said it many times. She goes, whew. I couldn't handle a baby anymore, baby. I'm glad they take them home. <laughs> she don't mind watching them. She don't mind taking care of them. Don't, get, don't be concerned. But it's nice when they come home and they take them. Can I tell you something? God's no different. God is a parent. God's patient. I'm not. 
Anytime I believe him for something that he has given me a promise for, there's a process. And it just takes time. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Here's the funny thing. Once the promise is fulfilled, I usually end up messing the process up because the process, we were the closest in the process. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? When we got, when we, God sent me here. God gave me a word, just like I'm preaching. Gave me a word, go to Jennings. God, I don't know anybody in Jennings. I got in a fight when my brother, my dad was a football coach, and some kids were picking on my little brother, and I told him to stop, and Todd wasn't going to back down, but I said, I'm his big brother. We'd fight, but I said, don't you touch him again. You touch him. And so I remember the only thing I knew about Jennings, remember that? We got, me and Todd got in a fight <laughs> at the football stadium. My dad was a coach for Sulphur High, and they're doing one of the Jamborees. And I think, well, I thought, maybe God was trying to teach me something in the physical. I'm going to send you back to the place where you got in a physical fight, and now you're going to fight in the spirit. Amen. And God gave us a word. We started praying for property. And God opened up this property, and we started with three and a half acres. And, and then it went from like seven. Now we have almost a little under 12, right at 12. Then God began to speak to us. You're going to be not just a city church. You're going to be a regional church. We started Eunice. You know, there's times Pastor Josh and I would look at each other and go, how are we going to do this? God. Just prayed. I remember the process. First Sunday, we didn't have a big launch. We didn't have all, we didn't have, we weren't smart enough, man. I'm going to start a church. I'm going to preach. Preach. Preach heaven if they don't receive that. You know what I'm going to give them, Lord. <laughs> we didn't have a band. No, I mean, we, we had a band, but it wasn't a band. <laughs> one lady, one Sunday, she came up. And she goes, I can, I can bleed worship for y'all. I looked at her and go, no. <laughs> she had already packed her piano ready to lead worship. I remember just coming. I remember first Sunday we had, what, 19 people, 18 people. The next Sunday, we had a whole 13 people. We were just moving in the Holy Ghost. And then we had to find a building. I remember that process. We, we preached at the Knights of Columbus. We preached at the VFW. We preached in a horse stable. You remember that? I'm not kidding you. I mean, Jack Hayford was not the only church, uh, the church on the move. We were moving every week. Then we had this place. I remember the first Sunday we had our first building, we had 33 people. We went from 18 to 33. We were like, God is with us. I can remember just offerings. There were miracles. We paid every bill. Can I tell you something? You know what God was doing to me in that? He was, it was a process. Because see, what you don't know is back then, we were praying for you. God was preparing us for you. Because he knew you would need a lot of prayer. And I fit in that category. It's the process. There's a process of, I remember coming for Thursday nights and no one showed up. I'm like, that's it. No one showed up. That is a sign from the Lord. 
call my wife, want to lie to her. Hey, how many people showed up tonight? Uh, me and the Lord. Well, what did you and the Lord do? Uh, me and the Lord. Had it out with the Lord. I remember one time a drunk man that was the bar at the whole Holiday Inn walked in on my mistake. Prayed for him, ministered to him. <laughs> Never saw him since. <laughs> I remember one time we were having a great service and the fire alarm went off and everybody's out. They had the biggest crowd I had in the Holiday Inn parking lot. I said, hey, you know what? It's a sign. God's wanting you to know there's an alarm going off and you need him. No one came after that. No. <laughs> it's a process. But you know what? God loved it. Because I was dependent on him. I was trusting him. I love Zach. You know, he's all excited about Crowley. He, you know, at first when he's going, man, I'm going to do it different. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to go for it, buddy. About two weeks ago, he comes to me. I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> what if I signed my life over for? <laughs> and that's where you go, go get him, big boy. It's the process. Why deny your children what made you what you are? Why deny it? I've learned this, though. God's healed me, so guess what? And God's going to heal little Joel. And that's not just to get you emotional. That's not to get you emotional. But can I tell you something? You know why? Because healed people heal people. Not me, but people that have received healing. Understand the pain, the cry, the process, the last... Here, let me just wrap it up. Number four, the process is the point. <laughs> We're, we like the promise, <laughs> and this pay, and the payoff, but, but tucked away in the midst of all of that is just the process. James says it like this. James closes with this. He promised from the promise, the process, to the payoff, to perspective. And this is where he is at the end of the chapter, the last two verses, and I want you to see it, why, what he says. Let's get focused again. Let's wait. James chapter 5, verse 19, 20. And he says, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. It ends the chapter with that thought. Why? Why is he ending the chapter with that? Because in the middle of everything and everything we go through in the process, it's funny, but he closes this way because in the end, it's all about heaven. It's all about heaven and getting people saved. That's what it's all about. You know, in the last thing, the last thing, number five, is eternal life. It's, that's what it's all about. It's all about eternal life. That I get my name written in the book. That I'll spend eternity with God. No more pain. No more suffering. The Bible says if you, this, look at me. I want you, I want you, I'm, gonna, I'm closing. I I'm, I'm promise you I'm coming to the end. 
The Bible says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father who's in heaven. See, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But the greatest decision you can make is to follow Jesus. And say, I'm not just going to hold on. God did something for me. And in return, I want to give him my whole life. How many of you want all that God has for you? Come on. How many of you want all that God has for you? Look at me. It's a trick question, but here, here's the process. If you want all God has for you, you got to give him all of you. All of you. Well, pastor, it's like a house. I'm going to give him everything but the bathroom. Because things in the bathroom stink. You hide in there. You cover up. You get spray, all that stuff. It's giving God everything. Everything. Because can, can I tell you something? God didn't come to make you perfect. He came to, he came to forgive you of your sins, to wash you of your sins. And it's a process. He's going to perfect you throughout the rest of your life. How many of you have blown it for things maybe you've done and you were overcame for years and all of a sudden something came your way and you got a little fauchet and you just blew it? Anybody like that? Don't raise your hand. It's okay. I understand. God knows. Hey, is this making sense to you this morning? And see, why would we preach a series like this? Because it's all about pastoral care. Because we want to care for you. Not only do we want to care for you, we want you to understand that you can, you can know this God that loves you and has everything for you that you've been looking for. But sometimes we look for what God wants to do in our lives in all the wrong places with all the wrong people. Now, why is it called the family of God? Because you know what? All of a sudden, as a church, you become a family. Family. There's people in here that I've just looked at you and go, man, you need to do this. I love you, but until this happens, it's going to be this way. And it's not. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Lift your hands to heaven. Maybe you're here this morning. You said, Pastor Bob, I, I don't know Jesus. But this morning, I want to give my life to him. I want to trust him with all my heart. I know there's been a process going on in my life. There's been things that have been happening in me. And I don't want to hold back those things that God wants to do in my life. I don't want to allow sin to rob me of the freedom and the forgiveness God wants to bring me. And the promises that are in this book, I don't want to, I don't want that. I believe that God, not only do you work miracles, but God, you can create a miracle in my personal life. That I can know you. That I can be free from all these trappings and these things that have held me down. If that's you and you want to just say, Pastor, I, I really want to give my life to Jesus this morning. Just pray this prayer. We say, Lord Jesus, everybody say, Lord Jesus. I come this morning. I ask that you would take away my sins. I'm sorry that I've broken your commandments. I've tried my best, but I couldn't do it. I need you to come to live in my life. 
to make me what you want me to be. Listen, God love you so much, guys. He's put that passion and that desire to know him even in your own heart. You know, I was driving. I'm going, I got a point here and I'm going to close. I was driving this week, going to pick up Pastor Billum at the airport yesterday in Lake Charles. I was listening to some music. And Luke was with me. We're driving down the road and I put on this song by a guy named Will Reagan. It's a song, you know, it's a song that my son Nathan sings on his guitar. It's about a passion. It's about having passion for God. And Luke and I are listening to it. And I turn. And Luke's bawling. He's crying. I'm like, Luke, are you okay? Because see, some of you don't know. My son's in jail. Nathan. And he goes, Dad. miss Nathan because that's a song he used to sing and it made me think about the heart of God some of you used to sing to the Lord some of you had an intimate relationship with Jesus and somehow you've allowed that to be hardened and God's just going I remember when we were close Look at me. God wants to restore that this morning, right now, in your heart and in your life. The Bible says that the thief has come to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and give it more abundantly. That means I insist. That's what the Bible says when you look at it. I insist that you receive my life. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand. Lift your hands. That's me, Pastor. I need it. It don't matter. Good. I see it. Anybody else? I see it. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, you see these hands. You've just waited for this moment. (laughs) Because you love your children. And Lord, I pray against, I just rebuke and debunk every lie every torment, everything that's come against them. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are our authority and by your blood and by your power, you said that we would overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb and we wouldn't count our lives dear to ourselves. And so God, we come this morning and we pray with these that raise their hand because we've all been there. And Lord, we pray that God, that they would sense your love, they would sense your forgiveness, they would sense your power. And God, that we begin to radiate for you and your kingdom. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.